بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين ولا آقبة المتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين والصلوات الله وسلامه على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم لا سهل إلا ما جاءته سهلا وأنت تجل الحزن إذا شئت سهلا اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك يا رب الكريم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته everybody um, nice to see so many people MashaAllah, it looks like a busy class, lots of different folks, MashaAllah, Tabarakar Rahman. We are very, very happy that our Marina has um, got hold of the chat on her phone. I'm sure that the world will be now put to rights as a result of it. There cannot be any negatives from such a piece of news. Right, folks, what do we want to talk about today? Today, we are... No sound. Don't give me a heart attack. Right, okay, yeah. Um, so, let's now see. Uh, what I wanted to ask for the folks who were in... There's two questions, actually. Number one, uh, from the Nur al-Basair class. Okay. Is this sound different to what it was yesterday? Secondly, those who were in Protect This House Q&A session last night, does this sound different to yesterday? Okay. Um, finally, I think this picture is better than the normal picture. Or is it just me and dreaming and all the rest of it? I don't know. But um, also, Shaz, by the way, this is the new light. This is the Elgato. Well, it's actually both of them. I'll go both of them on. Yeah. Tell me what you think, Shaz. Shaz, look how mental this is, yeah? Okay, you ready for this, Shaz? Yeah. Oh, I didn't make much difference, did it really? Oh, no, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm looking at the wrong picture. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's with just our normal uh, thingy. All right. Let's now do this. Yeah. Anyway. anyway, so we've just been doing some playing around and, and things. All right, folks, so we are on page. Yes, yeah, so, so uh, if it was, then is it now better, the sound, like a lot clearer? Anyway, um, big difference with it, off. Shallow. Uh, I'm not sure whether people have voted for it to be on or off. I'm not going to lie. But it's all good. All right, folks. Let's have... Uh, okay, good. So the sound is better and thingy. Because I think that, that we pressed some wrong buttons. It, you know, the light is a bit complicated. I'm not going to lie. All right. Okay. All right, folks. So page 34 is where we are in the text uh, of, uh, of Al-Mumtiyah. And what we're explaining is the part of the du'a, the author, he says that you make the du'a and the du'a al-qunut and specifically, okay, you say, We are on Okay? And I don't know how we translated it in the end. I can't even remember. Can someone tr uh, paste the translation, please? Because I can't be bothered to look for my PDF now. 
So just put the translation in the text. Um, and we started discussing the concept of the ulu of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Um, the highness, the loftiness, the exaltedness, the transcendence. All of these are wonderful words which describe a, a, a physical reality, but a metaphysical or a spiritual reality as well. And that needs to be, you know, that's something that needs to be, um, uh, yeah, Annie. You know, the problem is, is that these phrases, they can be problematic. The, 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 the wording themselves, the kind of, the, the, the wording that we like try to use, it can cause more problems than you want. But in, in any case, the loftiness and the highness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I think what we said is that we did we, we wanted to change exalted are you, right? So oh our Lord, Tabarakta Rabbana, oh our Lord blessed and Wata'alate and exalted are you. And listen, I mean I'm not gonna bust a you know a, a, a nut over exalted are you. But I do find that it's a kind of like a, just an easy, uh, you know, lazy kind of uh, whatever. Yeah? No, O is always O, not O-H. That's O. That's O. And it says, O Allah. So, um, that's the problem, all right? Exalted kind of fudges it doesn't it, it doesn't not include it fasiha right but it doesn't exactly help right the literal meaning of how he subhanahu wa ta'ala is above the heavens above the throne right that's the only issue so and this is the problem, you see, once you start getting involved in this discussion, you start using, for example, Baha'i implies both literal direction above and figurative meaning of being exalted. You see, so the figurative, I see, I see that we've used words which are, you know, so literal direction, we don't want to restrict Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we just keep, we, we, we mention words which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses. Figurative, well, that's not a figurative word, but we are the, we're talking about the extra implications of the highness and the loftiness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala his um the implications the spiritual implications and so on and so we were establishing this according to the Quran and Sunnah and so uh what did we say we said ahl sunnah wal jama'ah last yesterday they will establish the the highness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Okay, and you are, how blessed are you, our Lord, and you are the Most High. Tabarakta Rabbana, Tabarakta Rabbana, Wata'alit, and you are the Most High. Yeah, you know what it is, I think that's, that's, that's the best one, I think. Blessed are you, our Lord, and you are the Most High. But it just needs a bit tidying up, but that's, I think, the more accurate kind of. But that, I'm sure that can probably be put into some nice English. Yeah. So to establish the loftiness of Allah Jalla wa'ala, there are five uh, key evidence uh, areas. So it's the book, Quran, the Sunnah, Ijma'a, the Aql, and the, yani the intrinsic primordial nature that we are created on. Okay. 
So that is, yeah. So that's the um, that's the five. And we spoke about the uh, the Quran, the Quranic ayat uh, uh, last week, and then we started on the Sunnah, and we didn't really complete it. No, no, we did. We said from the Sunnah, we have three different uh, expressions of the Sunnah: a statement, the uh, action, and then the agreeing, or the what we call the approval or the tacit approval, as 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 as, as academics like to call it, of the Prophet sallallahu i.e., his Remaining silent when others are speaking about it and not changing the narrative, which of course is obligatory upon the Prophet ﷺ if he hears something wrong, right? So it's a very powerful form of sunnah. And we said that from the qawl, the Prophet ﷺ, you would say, Subhanahu Rabbi al-A'la, yani, blessed be or, or glorified be my Lord the Most High. As for his action, then he pointed his finger into the air and he said, oh Allah bear witness. And that's where we stopped. Wa amal iqrar. This is now top of page 34. This is a very famous hadith, hadith Sahih Muslim. Um, for those who know about what happened, there was a man, he uh, a companion, uh, and he slapped his maid or slave, female slave, or uh, for all tennis purposes, yeah, female slave. He slapped her. And the... Uh, uh, this was then brought to the Prophet Sallallahu Obviously the girl's not happy He wasn't even happy Frankly Okay About what he'd done Loss of control And so the situation uh, Needed um, Judgment by the Prophet Sallallahu And so he decided That the way I'm going to do this First of all Is to Understand whether she's Muslim or not And so To Examine her Islam Right, she asked. He asked her about Allah, which would be a nice and simple, easy way. Because if you're worshiping stones and statues and God knows what, then if you say I worship Allah and alone, and uh, you know, and then go further, which is so. All he said was, "Where is Allah?" And she said. In the heavens. Now, that's literally translated. Fissama. Okay? Now, the truth is, there's a huge debate about the word fi. Fi, of course, means in, in, in the normal language. However, we have seen a, a, a number of cases, this is not aqidah class, okay? That whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there are a number of times that the word fi, in, means on. Okay, um, I'm not thinking that way, but maybe some of you can think of English examples. But in the Quran, when they when they yamshi fil when they walk in the land, yeah, when you say they walk in the land, you don't mean they're walking in the land. Their feet are going in the land. It means on the land, right? It's a it's a way of speaking. So, on context, feet is either in or on and or, or above, like on top of, and so. Effectively, what she said was that he is above the heavens. All right, that's how the vast majority of Ahl Sunnah, the Salaf, the and this is where the whole concept of the Salafi methodology comes from. That when it comes to uh, hadith or athar statements of the companions, which are maybe differed over and there are some issues. All right, in terms of maybe some potential, you know, uh, difference of opinion because of linguistics or whatever. 
then hey, let's just interpret it like the Salaf used to. If we can find something from the Companions game over, pretty much everybody will. Uh, uh, whatever, that's a good one. Pedestrians in the road. Yeah, that's a really good one, mashallah. So the hadith is universally accepted, of course. It's in Sahih Muslim. In fact, uh, the, there must be must be a, a reference here. Yeah, see, it's in Sahih Muslim. Um, Kitab al-Hajj. No, beg your pardon. Uh, sorry. Kitab al-Masajid. So in Sahih Muslim, Kitab al-Masajid, the Book of Mosques. Um, and the hadith number is uh, 537. 537, yeah. So that's what's universally accepted, of course. What's not universally accepted is what the actual meaning is. Now, I just want to make it clear that even that small minority that translated this, uh, uh, you know, even those, they said, they said um, that it still doesn't deny that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is above everything, that the heavens is a general understanding that, you know, okay? So the key point here, the key point here is that this is the third Evidence from the Sunnah which expresses Iqrar because when she's when he said to her, There you go, uh, uh, Adil has put the hadith uh, uh, in uh, uh, the English there. Um, so, so yeah, so when he said, Where is Allah? she said, In heaven. All right, I mean, they translated it like that. All right, so. But like I said, the, the, whether you translate it in the heaven, above the heaven, in the sky, above the sky, the the point is what is being understood, right? Okay. Um, and anyway, this was enough to establish her iman and the Prophet ﷺ said to get Allah be set free. The key is, is that the Prophet ﷺ did not deny what she said, did not correct what she said, did not say need more detail, no, you got it wrong, whatever. So his silence is is, is proof. All right, so that's that. So that's the uh, Quran and the Sunnah done. And by the way, there are hundreds. I mean, when you study Aqidah and you study uh, the Ulu of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you will literally, and I'm, I'm not saying this as an exaggeration because hundreds is an exaggerative term, right? People say there's hundreds of ways that we can do that when there's only two ways. There are hundreds of evidences from the Quran. I once gave a khutbah where I must have mentioned 50. Okay. Um, easily. Um, but anyway, the 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 uh, uh, within 20 minutes, not even a detailed lesson. So from the Quran, hundreds and hundreds from the Sunnah, but we've just been obviously very, very like Sheikh Uthameen himself, just being incredibly summarized. The next thing that he's going to use is ijma'a consensus. And he says that. فَإِنَّ السَّلَفْ مِنَ الصَّحَابَ وَالتَّابِعِينَ وَالْأَئِمَّةِ Alright, so as for the early predecessors, the early, the early forefathers, right? Those who set a precedent in our religion, which is the first three generations, which is the, the companions, the tabi'een, and the atba'a tabi'een. As for those salaf, and the a'imma, meaning the major imams, the leaders of this nation, they are entirely in consensus. Um... Uh, and uh, so, so, so they are uh, uh, upon a consensus that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is above his throne, that he is the most high, that he is not yani, within his creation or everywhere or X, Y, Z, etc, etc, etc. 
And Sheikh says that the manner of this ijma' because of course remember that the concept of ijma' itself falls into a little bit of difficulty because um, sometimes its value is questionable sometimes um, when you're not not finding it very clear or there's some you know discussion and it's also a very abused word a lot of people say ijma' 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 and actually the briefest uh, uh, research or uh, the, 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 the quite basic level of knowledge will show you that there is no actual ijma' in the issue um, and so some scholars were not very happy with people using the concept of ijma' so it's certainly not one of our primary evidences from Quran and Sunnah but it's certainly f fine enough to use as a number three especially when it's well proven and the proving of an ijma' or the establishing of a consensus is done in two ways. The vast majority, the, the, the rarest, the first way is the rarest way, which is that you literally have everyone making a statement on the issue. All right. And therefore, everybody's just said the same thing. So it's an ijma'ah. That's very rare. And then the second way is the most common, which is that there's a statement which is well known from the Quran or the Sunnah, and we don't have anybody saying anything against it. Which some scholars like to call ijma' sukuti, a silent ijma' Because none of them disagreed by definition, and then therefore, they therefore all agreed. Now you might say, well that doesn't make sense. Well it does when your only job is to speak about what you agree and what you don't agree with. When your only job and your role is to correct the people, then it does actually make sense. Right? That concept. So, um, Sheikh says, and the way that we know this ijma' from them, okay, is because it has not been narrated from any of them anything other than that. Anything other than the literal meaning of the ulu of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? Or any of the against anything against the evidences of the ulu of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is something which is good. Um, and if, uh, so for example, if someone was to come to you and say to you, Yani, who said to, who said to you? Okay? Who said to you, Who's told you that they agreed upon it? Who said that Abu Bakr radiallahu an said that Allah is the most high with respect to himself, that he in his physical self is uh, above everything? And who said that Umar said that? And who said that Uthman said that? And who said that Ali radiallahu an said that? So Shaykh Uthameen says, if someone comes to you and said this, you would say to them, Annahu lamma lam yarid we will say that from neither of any of these is there anything which goes against the obvious meaning of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being above his creation and high and exalted and transcendent over everything. And once we do that, then we know that they have accepted that because that's their job. They correct, they clarify, they argue against, they disagree. That's what they do. Okay? And they do that in Aqeedah as well. Like, the companions never held back when it came to discussing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well. You know, when uh, the, the discussion of whether Allah, whether the Prophet saw Allah, is, I, I gave this example before, is a point of aqidah, whether the dead can hear or not, whether Allah gives them temporal hear, hearing or not. That's a point of aqidah. Some would hold it, some would not. When their understanding of the Quran and its power and its... Um, its uh, 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 in, in his physical nature Meaning that You know uh, 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 When I say physical nature I mean Can it be used to protect Like you put in a ta'wil Yeah Ta'wiz as the Pakis say Right So 
you know, there are big issues out there that companions have different opinions about. My point is they don't hold back. They're ready to... Someone hears a hadith they don't like. Umar and Abu Huraira. It was like, where'd you, where'd you get this hadith from? So, simple. it's actually a very powerful, very simple, but very powerful point. Why on earth did not a single companion question the absolute facts, okay, of the highness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And... This is why even though we have a history, of course, of major scholars in our history uh, from the Asha'ira and from even from yani, uh, some sects of the Sufis, okay, without going to the mad ones, okay, Sunni Sufis you can almost say, all right, that did believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not to be said to be above and high and brought in, you know, blah, blah, and brought philosophy and kalam and bakwas into it, yeah? And we respect them and we say they got that part wrong and that's it. And it doesn't matter if they're, they're huge scholars, massive scholars, yani, so on and so forth, right? And again, it's only the concept of the Salafi methodology. It genuinely only comes into play when there is a discussion or a, or a disagreement in which generations are being pitted against one another when it comes to understanding something. And that's why the true Sunni Muslim is Salafi by definition if they are a proper Sunni Muslim, right? In that they say that when there's some discussion or difference or misunderstanding or whatever and we need guidance and clarification. Because yeah, it is possible to see the word that Allah is the most high and to believe that he can go or he is everywhere or physically or whatever. It makes, it's not like impossible logic, right? It goes against so many things, but it's not like it's impossible. So to clarify the confusion, we look to see what the best people that the Prophet ﷺ told us to follow and go on, what they said. All right? What if the response is that the question was never asked then? That's even, even, that's even more that's even more damning, okay? That that indicates is even more obvious to them, not the issue, Zakaria, not the issue, because if the issue was that that obvious, or well, I mean, I mean, obviously, I think it's that obvious. I would never question it. That's where I thought Allah was the only before I became practicing, or a student, or a teacher, or studied Islam, or whatever, right? That we're gonna, I, I don't want to spoil what's coming, but so yeah, what I want to say is that it was only afterwards that the problem occurred, and that does not mean that there's a problem with the issue, it means there's a problem with the people. With the people. So, um, the idea of the uh, the highness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was such an obvious, clear point. Which is so devastatingly proven by this clarificatory statement by the girl. Because if you're seeing Urlu of Allah, like you're saying, if the, what if the question was not asked then? Habibi, they're there and the Prophet points, Oh Allah, bear witness. They're there and the Prophet is doing this. They're there and they go, Where's, where's the woman? She goes, Fissama. And then you're saying, Well, you know, <laughs> come on, bro. The reason the question wasn't asked is that yani, you'd have to be pretty stupid to start thinking about that. And that's what happened. We went full stupid. Once the whole Greeks, Romans started to say, but, but, huh, huh, 
When you say that he's over there, I thought you said he's omnipotent. I thought that you said that your God is... Yeah, no, no, it's the right thing to do. We want to play devil's advocate, right? You thought you said he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He's beyond yani, the, the whatever of the humans. So you're restricting and, 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 and limiting. That was the, yani, the, 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 the always there. When you read the books of Aqid and Kalam, it's always yani, this, this tahdeed. You have restricted Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this tahdeed, this, yani you're putting direction upon him and then keeping him there. This is the stupidity. Now you can either be really academic about it and say, right, okay, let's now, you know, and, or you can just say, shut up, man. It's just so stupid. Like, everybody knows what we mean by that. Allah said he's the most high, that's the end of it. It's not about that I've restricted Allah, Allah can't do this and I can't do that. That's just stupidity. It's just the, the nonsense, the waswas of stupid, stupid people, right? That though developed. And then a science had to develop to, to defend and argue against. And once the people started to argue against, the arguing people then became lost in their own arguments. You'll find this. The more that you go into the books of Aqidah amongst the Mu'tazila versus the Asha'ira versus the, the Maturidiya versus XYZ, the groups then started to, you know, uh, get defined. Then they started arguing amongst themselves. And, you know, um, differing amongst themselves. To what level, to this, to that. It's a huge area. Anyway, so that's the, uh, that's that. The next one, that's the three down. All right, two left. The next one is logic. All right, aql. If, uh, uh, the, 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 the logic, the, 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 the brain tells you that, Loftiness is a, 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 sign, uh, a sign of excellence. Highness is the characteristic of excellence, of perfection. Okay? And down and low and bottom and under are not just words, but they're realities of the opposite. Base emotions. I'm feeling down. I'm feeling low. How could you be so low? Yani, you know, versus take the high road. He took, you know, high and mighty. And I think you get the point that people at the basic aqal level, right, recognize that highness is a characteristic of perfection and excellence and supreme, whereas lowness is the opposite. The opposite. Okay? Um, and then Sheikh just going to give some example. He goes, "That's why yani, a person is placed on a throne, right? You, you, when you want to, when you want to respect something, you lift it up, you put them high. They sit higher. They are over you, etc., etc. That's logic. And finally, the fitra. All right, the fitra, the fitra, which is this primordial, fundamental, original, uh whatever you want to call it, all right? Fundamental algorithm, fundamental code, fundamental nature. So depending upon what I'm teaching and the mood, I will use like a hundred different yani phrases for fitrah. Sometimes I call it one's intrinsic nature. Sometimes I call it the primordial, the primordial reality, whatever. And if I have a theosaurus to hand, then I go way into next level behavior. Then I'm like super impressive, right? But... Uh, the key is you understand that it's the basic code, 
right? The basic feel, the basic moral, the basic disposition, the basic conscious, the basic conscience as well. It's everything, man. It's amazing. Fitra is mind-blowing, by the way, but it can pretty much blow your brain as well, so be careful. And uh, Sheikh, he goes, فَحَدِّثْ وَلَا حَرَجْ He goes, Sheikh goes, bro, say whatever you want, man. There's so much, there's so much evidences from our natural fitra. There's so much, like everything indicates it, he's saying. Like all of humans, creatures, innate disposition. Lovely. Yeah? There's so much which is indicating the loftiness and the highness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which just comes naturally. And, you know, so I'm just going to give you his examples and we'll speak a little bit about ourselves. Sheikh says, you know, you might have an old, an old, old lady, old widow who doesn't even know the Quran, how to recite it. She doesn't know the sunnah or deen or hadith or this or that or whatever. She didn't go to study the fatawa of Sheikh Islam ibn Taymiyyah or any of the books of the Salaf. And she didn't know anything about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his reality is above the throne and he's yani, above the heavens, whatever. But all of the Muslims, when they call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they lift their hands to the sky. There is not a single human being. He said human being. He didn't say Muslim. Who says, Allahumma ghafirli wa yadahi ardi abada. And yani, he will... will yeah, and he say, oh my Lord, and he'll put his hand, sorry, that was a bit stupid, what am I looking up for? He goes, oh my Lord, and he points to the ground. Yani, it's the natural imposition, you know, it's the natural thing, right? And then Sheikh gives some examples, yeah, which I'm not yeah, completely convinced of, but the point is, is that historical ones, but there used to be a lot of debates about fitra, you know, a lot of the scholars, uh, uh, used to debate amongst themselves, the Atharis versus the Asha'ira, whatever, you know, each one, you know, sometimes being polite with one another, other times cussing each other. Yani, it's all there. Um, and giving examples. Uh, 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 and so on. So this is something which is, as I said, every religion, even those people who don't even pray, even those people who don't even believe in God, they always, they look up. Even those who say they don't believe in God. Right? Those people who say we're agnostic or atheist, which you know is a lot of nonsense. Everybody believes in something. Right? So... They look up. The Christians. They've been... SubhanAllah, I think that's probably the best. Alright? If there was ever going to be an evidence, SubhanAllah, it would be the Christians. These Christians, they went and done a mad one. A mad one. Whether it's the Catholics or whether it's who else. They made God into a human being. And they put it there. Right? In a cross. And they made symbols to symbolize the, 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 the anthropomorph the anthropomorphication, whatever, right, whatever, whatever, of the creator, right, and so they, they so, so, so <laughs> this is the thing, they actually did what the very extreme Sufis want to do, which is to kind of make Allah in the present right here with you, so they went that bit further, they did it, they, they put him into a human figure, and with the human figure in front of them or in a, on a cross or in a whatever, you'll still, you'll still see them go like Messi, right? He's the one, right? This is what he does. You look at, the, bro, 
look at in look look at the uh, 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 cricket, right? Look at anything. Any footballer comes on doesn't know nothing about nothing. He comes on, he touches the the, the pitch for whatever reason, does his yani cross, yeah, and then just a brief look up. Always a brief look up. You look at the cricket. England are playing India. Mushrikeen of the biggest Mushrikeen on the whole planet. They're literally worshipping anything that moves. Alright. Versus the Gore who got absolutely no idea what there was going on. And you got these folks. They scored. No, no, no one scored this 100 in this last match. But when they scored 50, there was a couple of 50s on both sides. Right. Um, well, one on the England side. Obviously, we've got best, best done. But when Besto made his 50, looks up. Like, he's not even like some Christian. He's a basic guy. When Krunal uh, 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 Pandya made his, uh, I don't know what he got, 50 or whatever he did. He was up the sky. The other one, uh, uh, Shikardawan, up at the sky, whatever, whatnot. Even with so many different. So even when they actualize it, subhanAllah, even when they actualize it. I saw something the other day. Someone might say, well, actually, you know, those that carry a cross that has... The the uh, crucifix with a, a, a figure of Jesus on it. Even then, you'll see them, right? They will go, you know, they'll, they'll make their dua like this. And then they'll kiss it like they're making dua to their God. Yeah, there. And then they'll do that. SubhanAllah, it's like, it's like the fitrah is like, right? Like the fitrah is it's like uh you know you're gonna say your stupid thing you're gonna do your stupid thing but at the end you're gonna be like you know forced to do something that you are not in control of like an involuntary kind of reaction it's a madness Allah, when you observe people you know it's a madness there's nothing more that i love about our aqidah than the ulu of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's so pure man it is so so pure it is so beautiful it's a mad one it's a mad one. Anyway, not even gonna lie. This is my favorite topic, and it still is when I get you know. I, whenever I speak about this, I do get excited about Akita. Anyway, Sheikh then gives some nice uh, uh, stories. Some are not so authentic, okay, and you know. But he 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 goes he goes even the animals are maftur, right? He's like. Um, even the even the animals in their intrinsic nature have an idea of ulu, even though you might not see it, right? Or, or, or notice it or realize it. And so, and so, look at this. He narrates a story that happened to Suleiman alayhi salam. Okay? And he said, um, that in the, uh, this event that occurred, this, this is narrated by Imam al Qutni, okay, and by Al Hakim in his Mustadarak. And the, the Sanad is not weak, but Yaani, Sheikh Uthameen said that it is, sorry, uh, Imam Al Hakim, he said that it has an authentic chain. But like I said, they don't, they're not super authentic, these, these narrations. Al Akulin is only talking about general stories, so it's not a major. So, um, he was thirsty, Sulaiman and he went out to look for water. And he came across a ant. And the ant was on lying on her back. So, you know, like 
legs going all like that, you know, on the back. Um, I was just giving that as an example. You know, sometimes you see these ants or beetles on their back and their, their legs are panicking or whatever. You know, they're just whatever. So then you flick it over and then it walks off. So, but he saw it and its legs and arms, you know, which one you're going to call it, legs and arms or whatever it is, but they were all towards the heavens. And it said, Allahumma inna khalqun min khalqik. Laysa bina ghina min rizqik. Faqala irji'u faqad suqitum bida'wata ghayrikum. This, he obviously could understand what the animals were saying. And so he heard the ant saying, Oh Allah, we are but a creation from your creation. And we are entirely dependent upon your uh, provision, your generosity. We are not independent. We can't do anything. We do not have any source other than from you, from your risk. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said uh, uh, to Sulaiman alayhi you can go back now. You're, you're, you're about to now be uh, quenched because of the uh, because of du the dua done by other than you to Sulaiman alayhi Meaning that this and smashed it. Right words, right dua, right kind of nature. I mean, the, the pointing towards the sky. It's a bit of a left field kind of reference. But, you know, he's just trying to go through the, the gears, isn't he? He's going through everything. He's going through animals. So you might as well use that. I, can mean, I can't think of an animal. Can anybody think of an animal as an example? I can't think of an animal. Oh, you know, it works. So, and anyway, Sheikh says it's, it's, it's crazy that, that, that despite all of this absolute madness, obvious, yani, whatever, the fitrah disposition to pray to the sky is an indication that, 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 that the ma'abud has to be out of reach and out of view from creation and separate from, from, uh, separate from it. For the Bedouins at that time, the sky was the extent of creation that they could see and envision. So Allah being there or above it would make sense. But not an evidence of him physically being there. So just, I know you're playing devil's advocate, right? <laughs> like what Sean said, even when they're angry, they look up at the sky and shout. Wallahi, so good point that. Wallahi, zakalakhir. Even those who don't believe, even those who don't believe or do kufr day and night, they shout at the sky. Okay? That's amazing, man. I love that statement, bro. Um, Zakaria, playing devil's advocate, everything that you said makes sense. And uh, meaning it could be an argument. that I, I would have no problem with that. There, there isn't a necessarily uh, anything wrong with what you just said. Because being physically out of reach and out of view does not mean that he's out of reach and out of view. Which is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the Quran so that we could know him. Right? That's the whole point of the Quran. That we can know him so we know ourselves. Once you know him and you know yourself then you know what, what, what's meant to be, be done in this life. Why these prophets came. What my, my job is. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then goes to great extent. Yani great effort. Great, yani to what extent you see in the Quran to tell us. So tell them, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Inni qareeb. I'm close. 
I respond to the dua when he da'an, when he calls me. I'm closer to him than his jugular vein. Min habl al-warid. And so on and so forth. We feel Allah. We feel the presence of the love of Allah, the power of Allah, the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there's no problem in us or people back then or even people thinking that the sky is the whatever, uh, the limit or not the limit, etc., etc. So there's no problem with that. But your last sentence doesn't make any sense whatsoever. To say that he's out of reach and above and that's the sky, but then to say, but that's not an evidence of him physically there. What was the whole point of the statement then? What would the whole point of the statement be? You see, that's a classic madness of the of the deviance, that last one, which makes no sense. The rest of it, I get it. But what I'm trying to say, the rest of it doesn't actually contradict anything. All right. So Sheikh then says, right? Sheikh then says, he's coming to that, by the way. No, in actual fact, sorry, he's not coming to that. But uh, 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 the scholars used to talk about that. Okay, this was when they used to refute those that think that the the, the world is flat. All right. Um, But if the world is round, Allah is above us in all circumstances. Will Allah not be above for the North Pole and the opposite? And that just goes to show what? I mean, I'm I'm not going (laughs) to laugh, bro. But obviously you realize that everything's turning all the time in an orbit. Okay. So it doesn't matter. It's like when something is moving around, right? You're not, the, the, the direction is not as obvious as you may look. But this is the, the this is the key. The key. I'm just going to give you an example. All right. I'm just going to give you a, 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 a. This is not how I would normally answer this in public. Okay. But I'm just going to give you a example. Okay. And there's nothing to give an example better than the good old salt packet. All right. Now. If you can see, you can't. Maybe you can. Right? But there is... I, I, I'm only saying this. I'm only saying this at Hadith, by the way. Okay? Um, purely just to show that if anyone was to use such a ridiculous form of logic, how you can use a ridiculous piece of logic. <laughs> I knew Marina was coming for me. And by the way, I knew she was coming for me, by the way. I thought, let me just let her come and then I will just get it over and done with now. Basically say, yep, you're absolutely right. And then we can move on without any distractions. All right. Okay. So this is full of grains of salt, right? Each grain of salt in this packet (laughs) is, I don't know why you guys think that's so weird. This is my life is in here. Right, stop hating and focus. So, there's probably I don't know, at least a thousand grain grains of salt in here. At least a, a thousand, at least, right? And we know that there are galaxies and there are solar systems. Which one's bigger? Is it the the solar system which is bigger or the the galaxy? I think the galaxy is bigger. So we have thousands of solar systems, which are in thousands of galaxies right this is a which one's bigger can someone do anything with the things i don't do my best now galaxy thank you all right so we know that the universe 
is full of galaxies. Okay? I'm just using pure... I'm just using pure... Uh, uh, nonsensical logic, right? If this is the galaxy and these grains of salt are the solar systems and you've got all of these in a galaxy and you've got solar systems, galaxies and blah, blah, blah. And this is the universe, right? Direction of that tiny little thing inside that little tiny thing, even if it's this way or that way, within a wider system, the nature of that is irrelevant entirely to heaven or Jannah or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or Arsh if it's above this. Whatever the nature of this is, wherever this goes, which is a universe or a galaxy or whatever you want to call it. And there's hundreds and billions of these as well. Yani, when we're talking about high, it's not high with respect to what I'm seeing in the sky. And it's not so restricted to just a person looking up because exactly that. And, you know, as you said, we're on two different sides, right? So anyway, I don't think that was a very good explanation, but I just saw that. I can tell you that I never had this, whatever. Did Zakaria, is, uh, by the way, I've lost all of the whole thing which is going on. But is Zakaria trying to say that the galaxy is a terrible chocolate? Yeah. That proves that Zakaria can never ever speak about anything ever again. Like nothing ever, ever again on anything. Like nothing. So I just, you know, I mean, I just, uh, you know. Galaxy chocolate. Anyway. Um, so, I just want to... I just want to just uh, finish off what Sheikh Uthameen says, okay? Because we're getting carried away now. Uh, or oh, I am getting carried away. Um, he goes, I can't understand, Yanni, how they say... Uh, and he now just wants to respond. Okay? He just wants to respond. How he goes is crazy. How, despite all of these evidences, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made them blind to it. Okay? Alright? They denied the loftiness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they said it's not possible for Allah to be high in himself. Yani his body, his physical nature to be uh, high. So... Anyone who says that Allah is above everything with respect to himself, then he is a kafir because you have restricted Allah. Sheikh Uthameen says, Allah is above. In Allah hafaq, hal huwa muhaddidun lillah? Allah is above. Does that restrict Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Never. Not at all. He is above and nothing encompasses him. And the one who is actually restricting and limiting and giving definition and boundaries to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who's saying that Allah is everywhere. Actually. If you're in the masjid, then he is in the masjid. And if you are in the market, then he is in the market. Actually, if you think about it logically, they're the ones who are restricting Allah. Whereas we're saying that he's above everything. 
This is where he has said that he is, he is the high, he is the lofty, he is the above. And that's it. So, in Allah of his sama, Allah is above the heavens, he is not encompassed by anything from his creation, and this is the most perfection, this is the highest level of perfection of transcendence. This is the perfect transcendence. And as for the way that we describe him in his highness, then Allah also told us, وَلِلَّهِ الْمَثَلُ الْأَعْلَى So whenever we say the king is high, so Allah is... So we don't want to, when we say the king is high, and uh, so the high road, and this, and that, and whatever, we do um, uh, want to make it clear that when we give these examples of comparing Allah, we don't compare Allah to the human, or the naqas, or the deficient bakwas, but of course Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's supreme perfect example of course all right um and also uh when we are talking about the attributes of allah and the characteristics of allah and how everything about him is so high all right then from the text allah says in surah an-nahl وَلِلَّهِ الْمَثَلُ الْأَعْلَىٰ And Allah has the highest of examples. Meaning everything that He does comes across as high, is supreme, is perfect. Alright. As for the aql, فَإِنَ الْأَقَلْ The aql refuses to accept that the creator of the universe would be anything other than the most high in His uh, uh, attributes, in His royalty in his regalness and his exaltedness and i mean here the metaphysical realities of of being lofty and supreme and etc etc all right so that's that that's the end of the dua that we know is the one of the most commonly recited allah mahdini fi man hadayt wa afini fi man afayt وتولني في من توليت وبارك لي فيما أعطيت وقني شر ما قضيت فإنك تقضي ولا يقضى عليك إنه لا يدل ما وليت ولا يعز من عديت تبارك ربنا وتعاليت Finished Then Sheikh says let's move on to the next dua that he mentions Okay The next one that he mentions is a Highly authentic du'a narrated in Sahih Muslim, okay, and this is Allahumma inni a'udhu bi min sakhatik. All right. So, in the author has said that when you're making your kunutul witr, he's already indicated you don't just say one, but you say as many as you want. He, he actually he hasn't indicated; he's only indicated two. But we've already added that it's nice if we add a little prelude. That we add a little kind of, you know, a little kind of uh, praising of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala using the pack du'as from our childhood, alright? Then we've moved on to the what that which is narrated nice and authentic for this actual maqam, this position. And these two are your, probably your, your top winners, well, three really, but these two that are being mentioned. So now let's look what this hadith means. I seek refuge, someone can put the translation down, that'd be awesome. Or maybe even the Arabic, but yani the translation would be good. So I seek refuge in your pleasure from your anger. This is again is tawassul. Using the pleasure of Allah, the happiness of Allah. Um, 
using that, the fact that he is happy with people and with the creation and their ibad, I'm seeking yani, protection using tawassul within that, from that. The fact that you're there or that you're happy, I want to use that. Okay? So, we've made yani, his, his, his pleasure our refuge. Yeah, very good. Oh Allah, take refuge within your pleasure from your displeasure and within your pardon from your punishment. Now this has been narrated but not so authentically. The more authentic one is the one that you all have learned and, and taken from the hadith in Sahih Muslim, hadith of Aisha. Mu'afa and afwa are the same thing by the way. Just this is more authentically narrated. And that yani, also allows us to revise again. Obviously, we went really big on this in the chapter of Salah four, three, four, five years ago. When it comes to the issue of dua, is it allowed to change order? Is it tawqifi? Is it something which has to be stuck to according to the text? Or is there yani, realities and, and, and the like? Anyway, I think that there is laxity with this. Afwa, af and the mu'afa both are, you can be used. And you can use some of this dua, mix it, etc. Et we'll come to that in a second. So the more authentic one is Alright? I just want to remind you of the hadith because the, 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 the muhaqqaq has quoted the whole hadith and it's a really nice hadith that's got some benefits. I don't know whether we've covered an LP before. Hadith narrated by Muslim, hadith number 486. Um, Aisha she said, that I woke up one night, couldn't find the message of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you know, did all that behavior, right? Can't find him. And, it's, you know, there's no lights. Remember, there's no street lights outside. There's a, darkness is darkness, right? Darkness is darkness. So it's proper. So she can't see anything, literally, right? So she's doing this, doing that, and she says, and when I did that, then my, 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 my hands came across the... Uh, my hands touched the feet, the the, 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 the soles of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and you, I could tell by um, uh, uh, the way that you know uh, 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 that they were that he was in uh, uh, in sajda. All right, and huma mansubatan, and they were up, yani in a state of nasab. This is nasab. You know, like when you when you sit like that, yeah, when you're sitting with one one foot like that, all right. So this is why a number of the scholars said that the sunnah is in sajda to keep the feet like that. Okay. Now this hadith doesn't explicitly say that you can't have your feet like this, like you know some people have, but this hadith certainly suggests that they were together, mansubatan, together, right? So he's in sajda. So I felt it, I realized that I've seen his feet, so that means he's in sajda, he's praying, and I heard him say, Allahumma inni a'uzu bi ridaka min sakhatik wa bi mu'afatika min uqubatik wa bi kamink la nuhsi thana'an alayka anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. Right? So, uh, yeah. Alright. Al-mu'afa, so small, so dark, so simple. So small, so small, subhanAllah. 
I think on the Hajj with AE Facebook page, I don't think it's anywhere else, you know. It might be on the YouTube channel or, or even on the website. I don't know, but definitely I know it's on the Facebook page because they put it there. If you look, look in the video section, you might see a actual really good replica. Uh, a replica. Obviously, it's difficult when you see a picture. You've got to have it explained when you were there. Obviously, I know that you're waiting like I am, Yanni, for Hajj, but um, Jawari I'm talking to, but, you know, it's crazy. Anyway, um, the Mu'afa here, so Sheikh says that Mu'afa pardoning, right? You're asking for the pardon of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we said about yani pardon. Pardon yani is the phrase you would use when you're referring to the akhirah when it comes to sin and so on. And health and, and safety and protection of the body is what you would uh, uh, define it as when you're speaking purely in the dunya when we say afia right good appetite or whatever I, we had that afiatos uh, right um so stay safe stay well stay healthy i'm sure we had this discussion a couple of weeks ago so this when you're saying yani that i seek refuge in your uh mu'afa okay then that's what we're asking for yani everything in our deen everything in our uh, dunya what from? From the opposite. The opposite is the punishment. So pardon, punishment. If you don't pardon someone, you punish them. If you don't punish them, it means you pardon them. They're dictionary opposites. Okay? And punishment, عقوبة, only occurs if in light of sin. That's a condition. It's a condition. There is no punishment without sin, without them. So, when you seek refuge with Allah's pardon from His punishment, what you're actually doing is seeking refuge of Allah from sin. You are seeking protection from sin, from your sin. And that's done in two ways. Either just from His excellence, to protect you from his sin, to just from uh, just to, just from his excellence, from his generosity, that he just protects you. You don't even go anywhere near it, right? So it's just not even an option. It's not even on the table. Allah gave you good company. Never put let you go that way, etc. Or to guide you to tawbah. That's the protection from sin. If you've fallen into the sin, you made the mistake. It's not over. You can start again. But you've got to make tawbah. But a lot of people don't. They enjoy the sin. Repeat the sin. They drown in the sin. So the second way of that protection is for Allah to guide you to making tawbah. It's a beautiful point the Sheikh makes there, by the way. It's nice to think of it like that. To break it down. So when you make this dua and Allah guides you to tawbah, that's the protection from the sin. That's the protection of the punishment. Because the punishment is the consequence of the sin. Alright? And we see this. In when you're seeking refuge in Allah, you're seeking refuge from the opposite. So when you're seeking refuge in His, with His rida, in His pleasure, it's from His displeasure. When you're seeking a uh, 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 refuge in His mu'afa, His pardon, 
It's because you're seeking refuge from the opposite of that, which is his punishment. What did we translate that as? And we seek refuge with you from you. And I take refuge in you from you. And this is of course referring to the anger of Allah. The um, Anything that would come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that would lead you to the wrong way. So I seek refuge with you, Ya Allah, to protect me, to bring me close. So from you, when we say from you, Allah can let you go and drift away. If I seek refuge with you, it means I want you to bring me close. So I seek refuge in you, with you, because in you, with you, from you. Because if you go against me, nobody can help me. It is game over. The only way that I can survive in this life and the next is to seek refuge with you. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. This wabikamink is has got to be the in my opinion anyway. Not if not top three, then certainly at the top. The most profound small statement in the whole of the dua diaspora. In my mind. Now you got me thinking, but I I I I I I can't I can't think of a more impactful. I mean, you know, with you from you. I seek refuge with you from you, bro. That's a madness, man. It's like it it, it fries my brains when I think of this this statement. Every time I when I when I make this da, it is like, you know, when those goosebumps in my head though, not my thingy, yeah. Um, oh my god It's just literally I've got a headache I'm like You know What am I going to say Anyway It's perfection We can't enumerate The The praise By the way By the way Just on that point of You know The most Kind of deep, profound, few words. Most du'as, are, most statements of the Prophet are like that. This, is of course, a hadith, so that falls into that. But I think this du'a, honestly, this du'a has all the big boys in there. It has all the big boys in there. This is in my top two favorite du'as, by the way. Right? I need to think about it more, but this is one of my favorite because. I told you, you know, I love Wubika Mink, but La Nuhsi Thana'an Alayk. You know, obviously, those who have done Hajj and Umrah with me and whatever, you guys know how much I really love this. And those who have studied Fitna, Tafsir Surah Ali Imran, you also know why I love this because I do believe that the best du'as is when you are, when you just become raw and you just speak to Allah. Yani, you would never think in a normative du'a book or in a basic introduction to prayer or supplication, that this would be kind of included. I can't... We're not even able to... You know, like when you read the statement, لا نصيثنا عن عليك, right? We're not even able to work out to how to... We're not even able to enumerate your praises, your excellence, your, your perfection. We're not... It's the kind of thing that you say to yourself. It's like, 
It's like, Ya Allah, you are the most supreme, you are the most exalted, you are the perfect, you are the praiseworthy. You know, I can't even, I can't even, I can't even think of enough terms to describe you with. You're just perfection. You're be it's like you're speaking to yourself. It's like you that's why you know Mason said, you know, first time I heard it, you love it. People love this dua because it's so chatty. It's so human. It's so it's so it's a it's a madness. It's a madness. You would never ever until you studied Surah Ali Imran and the end especially of Surah Ali Imran and Allah describing how the believers make this dua, right? Um it's just it's like you know chatting. I'm not even like imagine throwing that into your dua. La nusithan alayk. We will, you know, and it's not referring to a third party. You're directly saying to him, Ya Allah. <laughs> it's like you'd laugh. I can't even enumerate you. I'm here asking this, that, whatever. I can't. You know what? You are as you have described. That's the best thing I can say about you, Ya Allah. That's for me, like the way that this dua goes. You're saying this, saying this, saying this. Yeah, Joelia, yeah. Where class did I say that in? Or is that Quranic art, I think that is? Just wants to go on. And you're going on, you're going on, you're going on. You're making praise, praise, dua, dua, dua. And you're like, what am I even doing? I'm trying. I just realized there's, there's no way that I can do this properly. You know what, Ya Allah? You are like you have described yourself. That's it. That's the perfect way. That is the perfect way. And that's why I think this dua, these phrases, uh, you, 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 you can't, whatever. You can't. I'm not going to lie. This is my top one. This is my favorite dua. There's no doubt about that. I, when I was thinking about the second one, I realized that, you know, it's just exactly it's so personal, so intimate, so real, so real. If you don't know this dua, folks, then your only task that you have is to memorize this dua. Alright? It's so easy to 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 memorize. It's just so comforting to say that. And to kama athnita ala nafsik. You are as you have described. That's the best thing I can say about Ya Allah. And because you're the perfect and you've told us who you are, you know what? We take that. Right? We take that. So, what does it mean? We can't yani, count up all the thana. It means we can't encompass you. We can't enumerate. We can't yani, work it out. You're a big, a big thingy. And thana, thana is the repetition of repeating the attributes of excellence. That's what thana is, as opposed to hamd, okay? Um, you know. Have I done this already? My apologies, you know what? I've just read. I can't remember that at all, by the way. I don't even know why on earth, the only we, 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 I don't know even why we, why I would have done that. Watch out. But anyway, if I did, that's great. Um, so, 
this is something really interesting about what Sheikh Uthameen says because a lot of people get mixed up about Hamd and and Thana. Uh, um, and it's difficult because we don't have an English word for Thana. Unless someone can put one out there, what Thana is. But if I let me describe Thana. Thana is to con- consistently and continuously repeat the the descriptions, the perfect descriptions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You are the greatest, you are the most you are the most merciful, you are the most high, you are the most strong, you are the most, you are the most, you are the most, you are the most you are, that's what thana is. Praise is a existential uh, praise is I have no idea how to describe praise. Praise blows my mind, right? It's just basically praise. That's all. Alright. Now, how you differ- differentiate between them in terms of English, I don't know. Sheikh Uthameen gives an example in Arabic though. In the Arabic, he says that in the hadith uh, 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 Sahih Muslim, Abu Huraira, okay, so what happens is that in that hadith, there's hadith Qudsi talking about when Allah, when you say Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, Allah hears that and then he responds. And then you say Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, did you see that? To the angels, Athna alayya abdi. Yani, did you see that? My, my slave there, he did thana upon me. Why, when did you do thana? When you said Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, the most merciful, the especially merciful. You were, you went and you went through, you went, it's Rahman we're focusing on, his perfect Rahman that we're focusing on, it's his attribute, and they're only slightly different, Ar-Rahman and Rahim. They're both standing on thing, but they're perfect attributes. We're repeating them, going through the list, okay? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He said, There's the thana that He did upon me. Right, here we go. Let's have a look here. Oh, sugar, we're dead. All right, really, yeah? Sick. Here, one. Wow. Zakamullah, I appreciate that. Um, homage, exalt, nice. Thana, commendation, extolment, laudation, Allah, Allah. Hymns, I don't know about that. Extolment. I love all that. It's all good. Praise and extolment. Okay? You extol someone's virtues. Smashed it. Love that, Sarah. Well done. Extolment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Jalla wa ala. Love that. So, yeah. Um, and then he says, yeah, and he goes, you just got to listen. He goes, we're never able to, yani if you, and this is the thana, all right, to describe him in his, in how excellent he is, all right? To describe his excellence, etc. This is the du'a as part of the qunut. Okay? You cannot tire from the tributes to him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're not able to do it, ever. If you were to live for eternity, um, you still couldn't do it. Because the actions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cannot be limited. And every single action of his is, perf- is perfection. And... His statements can't be limited. They are unlimited. And every statement is perfection. 
Um, so therefore, it's not possible for a person to enumerate him because it would go on for infinity. So, yeah. So the the perfection of a human being. This is what we spent, said about that. This du'a is one of about recognizing Allah, but but also importantly recognizing yourself. Yeah, that the highest station that a man, mankind, yeah, any, any man or woman will 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 reach, is recognizing their own deficiency and their inabilities, right? Their own dis- deficiencies. And that's when they realize. And that's when they humble themselves. That's when they recognize they are the Abd and he is the Rabb. That's when they recognize that I was not created except to worship him. And he says, You, my Lord, you are exactly as you have praised yourself, described yourself. As for us, As for us, we're not able to Count them, enumerate them, encompass them, understand it. And that And that is يعني, you addressing the perfection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I think we'll call it there. Alright? I think we'll call it there. Because we did a couple of pages there. Mm, not enough really. Mm. I could add another one. Should I add another one? Or should we just uh should we guys what do you want to do? Should we just call it? Yeah, one fifteen, yeah. Yeah, you know, we've got to get out of the mindset that it's got to go for... Uh, it's only been an hour, it should be, isn't it? So, alright. So, folks, any questions, any issues, anything, whatever. We've got Zakat class this weekend, of course. Um, going to be mad ones. Gonna be, you're going to be typing because, you know, I've got moves for you lot, yeah? Blank pages for you to write like the clappers. And um, we're going to go through some guides, meaning that uh, 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 we're going to... Um, Make sure that um, uh, we um, are going to... I want you to... Uh, you should get a, a message from the Al-Maghrib team. By the way, this class is a pay-as-you-can class. It's not the normal kind of system, whatever. One, they want as many people as possible to take it. So you can pay whatever little you want towards it. So that should encourage some folks as well. Um, at the moment, only the Pacific and the Canadian ones are open, but even though those don't have much space, right? So the Pacific one is UK time, 6 p.m., 10 p.m. On Sunday, obviously, clocks go forward. Remember that, by the way, next week we need to change times a bit. Well, we're not changing times. We're actually sticking to the time, but just those who are abroad. Um, uh, remember, uh, yeah, so that's the evening. And then at night, and then in two weeks' time, there's a Canadian one. A bit earlier, 4 till 8, if that's easier for you. Okay, uh, Fasiha, uh, that's on Telegram. Uh, uh, go to the Telegram group and uh, 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 with that can speak to you about that or whatever. But that, that, that's gone now anyway. Um, uh, so that's it. I That's it. Let me just think. Um, yeah, sorry, I was going to say that um, if you got the email, if you haven't and you're going to register late and you might miss the email, let me just remind you, please make the class worth it for you that means take it seriously that means make sure you bring multiple screens and cast and whatever and get on your laptop because i'm going to make you write like you've never written okay and and but also i want you to get your sums go into your bank accounts understand all of the different places that you got money everything and anything jewelry money investments houses 
promises, better bonds, this, that, whatever. Get an idea of where everything is. So that not just we do the theory, but then we do in the class where you will then take it and start writing it down and start calculating and understanding the different things. This is definitely a whole, you know, it's a proper, it's a proper class, man. It's, 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 this is proper. Right. When the Imam says the dua out loud, do we respond with differently when we praise Allah? It says the dua out loud. Do we respond with differently when we praise Allah? I don't understand the question, sorry. Um... Is there any benefit from the structure of the du'a of Qunut? I thought when structuring your du'a, you begin praising Allah, send salawat on the Prophet and then ask for what you want. The du'a of Qunut doesn't seem to follow this. So let's not forget that not every, actually not any du'a, does this within the singularity of the du'a itself. So that doesn't necessarily... Uh, take away you putting something before And that's what we believe right? Praising Allah That's why Sheikh Uthameen said That you say that yourself That's why you see some imams say Allahumma lakal hamd At the beginning Allahumma lakal hamd Kama yanbaghi li jilal wa shaykh wa al-azim sultanik Or, or as, uh, We actually explained this Mustafa I said to you some scholars said That the fact that this is in the salah You've done all the praising of Allah In Surah Al-Fatiha Alright Salawat upon the Prophet is coming and that's not part of the structure of du'a, by the way. And we'll speak about that next week. Um, Non-related questions. Can I take eye drops while fasting? Um, I believe you can, right? I believe that you tasting it in your uh, mouth and whatever is not a problem. Um, if you take it, you should then immediately spit it out. I think it's okay. All right? That's my personal uh, 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 opinion. As part of the same procedure, I can't wash my eyes for seven days. Would this be an issue or can I just close my eyes as I wash my face as part of wudu? That's okay. Yani if you are unable to wash your eyes, that's okay. You are not required to wash the inside of your eyes in, in wudu. Right? You're meant to clean your eyes. Not eye bath. All right? Mariam Atiq, what's the opinion of student loans? If an, if, if an individual can afford the first few years with a bit of struggle, but later on find it very difficult, should they try to do whatever they can? If you mean on the taking of it, then obviously it's a riba-based loan. According to the position of the majority of scholars, this is something which is not permissible unless for a necessity. Some scholars believe that university education is a necessity. I'm yani, on the fence with that. There was... Um, some discussion about that um, amongst scholars and uh, I'm sympathetic to it right and uh, whatever but that's the position of the majority that if a person cannot afford uh, afford it then they make istighfar and they take that because there is no other option the safer position certainly is to stay away from it to consider it that this education is not university education is not a necessity because it, they, they, you know it's a big it's a big Big statement says a necessity, right? But it's not without basis. So um, I think it should be avoided, but I do not believe that a person who is in sin for one who is in need, doesn't have any funds and needs to support the family and the family will be dependent upon that person, then I think that, you know, I don't think. Now, again, issues do come in. So for example, um, uh, the 
yeah anyway uh, then then and then you've got the position of those scholars who are a minority like Sheikh Haytham al-Haddad who do not consider student loans to be a loan but rather a a form of delayed salary a form of a grant a form of uh, benefit in kind and by the way even though most scholars disagree and so do I I'm also sympathetic to the thinking and the working behind it especially if you hold government accountable for its obligation to look after its whatever so what I want to say is that student loans I do believe them to be an interest-bearing loan it should be avoided but I think that anybody who is able to justify that the education is a necessity and there comes a lot of issues in that then I think there's some space in that Allah knows best Khalid, uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep you safe throughout. May you come out the other side, Salima, insha'Allah. Shifa'aki la shifa'an ta'man la yughadru saqama. Allahumma rabbun nas adhabi al-bas. Ishfiha shifa'an ta'man la yughadru saqama. Tahurun insha'Allah. You said pure women for pure men. So if one spouse is abusive, means does that mean that the other spouse kinds of deserves it? Deserves it. I couldn't understand the statement in the light of troubled marriages. It, the, the statement is not for troubled marriages. When a marriage goes wrong, it's gone wrong. So obviously, it's not yeah, any good people for good people, right? But uh, it doesn't. But just likewise, a troubled marriage does not negate that both men and women were good and are still good. They just hate each other, and that's something. There's nothing wrong with that, right? If you if you guys have got nothing in common or you whatever, blah blah blah, someone abuses or someone or whatever, that's something different. That's the situation has gone wrong. People are sinning. Whatever. Um, during the first stages of someone's first pregnancy, what would be the top things you suggest the parents focus on? Um, tarbiyah, nothing. So in Protect This House, you know, I had that big discussion about, you know, this idea of... I think someone might have even said something, but it's such a big thing. I don't want to, you know, that's not for Telegram. But someone's saying about they're listening to some kind of therapy that's got music, whatever, whatnot. This is all bakwas, by the way. All right? It's all bakwas. Meaning that... Uh, this idea that we should justify opening that door. Actually, as the person said, uh, listening, there's bird song in there and there's uh, rain and God knows what. Natural sounds will do the same. Listen to the Quran, we'll do the same. So it is, we shouldn't be opening the door to music and all that rubbish. Anything which calms and is repetitive and rhythmic, anything, just yani, anything, it becomes a soother. Right? Uh, and that's where you find white noise. It's the most horrible thing ever. You know how many people use white noise apps to calm themselves down and go to sleep? It's horrible. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So it's just so stupid people trying to blag this whole play classical music to my kid in the belly, whatever. And that's also why I believe, by the way, on that point, uh, listen, I don't want to be doing practice house, man, but I've done it in detail there. The idea that we should play Quran to the child. I'm neither for it or against it. I think it's very good that a woman, yani, you know, don't try to blag it as for the kid. But there's no doubt if a kid listens to Quran, this is like anything that they're listening, the rhythmic, whatever, whatnot. But I don't think that there's any extra benefit to the child. For you, loads. For me, the music and the Quran to the child, I don't see much different because it's just rhythmic, whatever. It doesn't have an understanding. For you, though, listening to Quran, etc., etc., that's great. There is nothing else from or anything else at that stage it's just prep work 
you making sure that you're ready mentally, psychologically, you're getting your life in order, gonna you only give yourself you only to this child and you know, all the things you're not gonna be able to do because you're gonna be busy getting that done. So you get lots of study and lots of things memorized before you get hooked up because when kids come, missions mate. Right. Regarding regarding the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, isn't it better to follow the Muhammad ayat as well as the dua we've just discussed to say Allah, you are as you have described yourself. Yep, it is better. Um, right, Sarah. Oh, Sarah. All right, guys, let's stop asking some questions now and uh, uh, let me just answer these and then read that note because that's going to take some time. All right, so just do whatever. Someone starts a salah, then realizes that his garments are folded or rolled. Is unrolling them an acceptable movement? Not for me, no. I think that they shouldn't, you should not busy yourself doing that. The prohibition of rolling up garments is people rolling them up for the prayer if they've already been rolled up because that's what you were doing you're making wudu whatever whatnot you do not need to roll them down however if you did i don't think this breaks the prayer i just think it's unnecessary as we go over the meaning of the quran without reciting actual arabic does it count or do we have to read the arabic as well no it it, it do, it's not counted as reciting the quran but you are counted as tadabbur of, of thinking and reflecting upon the Qur'an, which in my opinion is more rewarded than the recitation of it. Alright? If you don't know this du'a or the qunut we discussed just before this, whilst learning one, both of them, is there anything that can be recited in their place, e.g. any other learned du'a? The answer is yes. And that's coming up next week now. I thought I would do it this week. with it. The answer is yes, this is an open play, uh, place for du'a. Best du'a is obviously those which are narrated in the sunnah or in the Qur'an, but all of them go... No prohibitions here. You're standing up, okay? Um, and uh, uh, we'll cover a few of the variations. So if you don't know these, then you can use any dua, absolutely. And also don't forget that this dua qunut is not a sunnah to be doing all the time as well. So it's not something that person should stress over if they don't have anything yet. But they're missing out. This is a great moment, great time, end of the day, closing off, signing off for the night. Wonderful duas that have been rated in this issue. Allah Mahdini Fiman Hadayti is another very emotional dua. Beautiful, beautiful duas. Okay. When the Imam makes a dua, we respond Ameen. When the Imam praises Allah, do we say Subhanallah in Qunut? We don't say Subhanallah per se. Even, by the way, I just want to say, saying Ameen does not have very much evidence, by the way. Okay. Saying Ameen to the dua of the Imam is not based in a direct evidence. It's not based in direct text. It's based upon analogy of wala dalin amin. And uh, uh, so when you hear someone making dua, you should say amin. I am not aware of the majority of scholars supporting this saying of amin to someone else's dua. Out loud anyway. If you're going to say it, you say it to yourself. You say amin to yourself. But why are you saying it out loud for? What's the function? Who are you telling? He's making dua so you can hear it. What are you saying amin to say thank you very much? And what's your, what are you, why are you saying Amin for? If you think about it, logic, it doesn't actually make sense, right? But, yani meaning the continuation of it. Because in, in Ibadah, in worship, to make Qiyas, analogy is, is very much frowned upon. It's very difficult to do so. But, okay, at least we have an Amin in the Salah. So we kind of say, all right, well, so we're not going to come down like, or like a ton of bricks upon someone who says Amin in Dua. But, I mean, I don't say Amin out loud. Right? I don't believe it's a sunnah. I don't believe it narrated from any of the companions. I don't do it. But I can see an argument of somebody wanting to do it. Subhanallah, where did subhanallah come from? So subhanallah is people's 
own aql saying well if someone says yeah, uh, someone says la nuhsi, la nuhsi this is not a dua right it's a statement you're not going to say ameen obviously the packs who don't know what the hell is going on they're saying ameen 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 all the way through and in that kind of mixed gathering, the Arabs will be saying Subhanallah because they don't want to say Amin because they're not making a dua. He's making a statement which is like a great statement. It's a praising Allah. So he says Subhanallah. So it's Aql. It's not narrated from the Sunnah. So actually both don't have much evidence. Amin has a bit more generally than the Subhanallah. But the Subhanallah doesn't. But if someone says it, it's okay. Because it's allowed to make tasbih. It's allowed to make dhikr. These are general statements. But personally, I don't think yani. Sheikh would, uh, but it's okay to say. Sheikh would having a small procedure to remove an implant from the arm during fasting invalidate it. No, as long as the blood loss is not something significant that would make a person feel faint. My best friend's son could only sleep with white noise playing in the background for the first year and a half of his life. Oh my God. Some use the Quran for the relaxing part, but isn't that also not recommended? As you should reflect upon hearing it, not just as a, 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 a yeah, absolutely mahboob. That argument can be very, uh, that can be a very good argument to use. That there is a disrespect, yani, when you start making the Quran like yani a healing thing, where it just becomes background or just you know, it's healing because you feel it, reflect upon it, understand, I, you know. So yeah. You couldn't find volume 11 on its own. Leave it, bro. Bro, I can get the contents to it. Right? I have it on my apps, this, that, whatever. But it's that one there, bro. That print, that thing, that smell, that whatever. No one's going to be able to get that for me, bro. But it makes me feel whatever. Guys, I appreciate you hanging on and not asking any extra questions because it just makes sure that there's not a madness going on. We did a long session today, too long maybe, Allah Alam, I don't know actually what is meant to be good. I think one thing is alright, I think with Q&A. Okay folks, so I appreciate that. Um, uh, uh, is there any other announcements I need to make? I don't know. There's the Zakat class, just stay thingy. Those who are in the Telegram group, if you don't know what the Telegram group is, someone put the link in there. Please put your first name or full name, whatever, whatnot. We've got some Paki in there who's using a, a flipping robot emoji and a smiley face. What the hell's going on, man? I've Okay, whoever, when that person comments, because I don't go there every day, right? Grab them and say, sort your fish out, yeah? And you got some people like X and Y and Z. Come on, bro. All right. Barakallahu feek. Zakwana khair, everybody. Wa iyaakum jami'an. Zubair, barakallahu feekum. Hayakumullah. Yalla. We are out. We are out. Zakumullah khair. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha ila anta astaghfirakallahumma wa atubu ilaik. Wa salamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.